Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha, and we are Serialholic Sisters. We are two sisters who share a love for all things spooky and true crime related. Join us as we talk about true crime shit. From serial killers, to unsolved murders, and everything in between. Every week we discuss a different case, giving you the facts of the case with a little lighthearted humor sprinkled in here and there. So settle in and get all cozy with your morning coffee or your end of the day cocktail and just hang out with two awkward sisters sitting around talking about true crime shit. You've laid with John. <laughs> I have laid with John. Oh, am I that hot? Not in the biblical mm. sense. I have <laughs> laid with John. <laughs> we scissored. Gosh dang it. Christmas Eve. In front of me. In front of me. Hello, you are listening to, or so they say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Megan. And I'm dying. I All know. As I, usual. I know. I Listen, I promise you, I don't, I don't recall ever being this sick this often before in this past year. Mm. Like, quarantine has done something awful to my immune system, and here we are. It's not... I think it's tonsillitis. I just, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> My throat hurts so bad. Just take, we don't even need tonsils. Just take them. I get, I mean, what is, they, what is the purpose of them? I don't what? know. I don't know. Maddie got her tonsils taken out. I'm jealous over here. Like, it's like my gallbladder. When I had it taken out, I was like, well, what was it doing in the first place? Right. I guess you don't really need it. Besides causing immense pain for three years. No, nah, like everything's like swallowing glass right now. So it's a really good like weight loss program to get tonsillitis. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, hi. We're back. Happy Thursday. It's another Thursday. It is another Thursday. And I was looking at, for those of us that love fall weather, like true fall weather, I was looking at the forecast. And by the time this airs, it should, like, the highs are in the mid to low 60s for the majority of the week. Wonderful. No, I know. Like, part of me is a little nervous because I feel chilled and gross right now. Yeah. But, like, my heart is ready. (laughs) I just had a sad thought. What? This is the last Thursday of Libra season. Oh, gosh. It's already over. That's gross. I don't... Like, what, by the time you guys hear this, one more day and then that's it? And then it's Scorpio. Boo. Boo. Well, uh, look, (laughs) there are worse signs. Yeah. I I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) So, Scorpio, you're just something about you apologies i'm sorry stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason and scorpios i'm not really here for them we're not confrontational people us libras no so maybe that's it and you guys are confrontational oh for sure i've won so many arguments in my head so many (laughs) i've made myself cry with fake arguments i know sometimes i don't win them oh oh, it's really awful (laughs) jesus kelsey I know. I like. I can't even give myself that. I'm just like, you can get them this time, and I lose again. And I'm like, you'll get them next time. My God. <laughs> okay, we better move on to okay, the story. Well, let's mourn Libra season and move on. <sighs> Rip. Okay. So, so Megan has picked the alcohol for this episode. I see what it is, and I'm curious as to why you picked what you picked because 
This week we are talking about the Velisca axe murders. And now here's the thing about that. If you have ever listened to a single true crime supernatural podcast show, like pick pick your poison, you've probably heard of the Velisca axe murders. And if you haven't, you're in for a treat. Well, okay. I listen to true crime and... I haunted podcast and I know people have covered it but somehow I've managed to evade those episodes I don't know how that's I guess I didn't finish my thought which is like almost everybody covers it but there's good reason and to be fair I had never encountered it until I immersed myself fully in these podcasts yeah I want to say I don't I don't know how many of our listeners, this is totally off topic. Every time we say, to be fair, if any of you watch Letter Kenny, you I, know. <laughs> I don't. I only watched that one episode with you. You know what I want to do when we say, to be fair, and I choose not to because the joke will be lost and I'm not going like, to do it. Can you give me an example or is it yeah, too much? Yeah, it's just when you say, to be fair, everyone in the house has to go, to be fair, and then, oh. we, then we talk or we sing it and we harmonize. Oh, yeah. We should get good at that. Maybe they, I should. Every season it changes. Sometimes they do it with an accent. Sometimes they sing it. (laughs) Okay. Because I've seen memes about that, but I have only watched the first episode, so I don't get it. Or maybe the first two episodes. We watched the first episode together. Beyond that, if you've watched stuff, it was without me. I could have sworn it was two episodes. There's like nine seasons, so you have plenty of fodder to just sit and <laughs> That's watch. fine. I have way too many. Until spooky season is over, my calendar is booked. Right now we're watching Over the Garden Wall, which if you've never seen it... I've heard of it. It's a Cartoon Network miniseries. It's 10 or 11 episodes long. But I'll tell you what, car- like Cartoon Network pulls out some gems sometimes, and it's a little out there, but please watch it. <laughs> it's just... This is the second time I've watched it. The music is good. The content is weird. It's just, just watch it. Over oh. the Garden Wall. Check it out. It's on Hulu? Hulu. Probably. Okay. Yes. Back to the episode. Oh, right. So, so sorry. To Beliska be Axe Murders. <laughs> Megan picked out the alcohol. Megan, what did you pick for us today? Oh, God. Okay. It's it's in poor taste. Sorry. I knew. I knew it. I was wondering. <laughs> There's no hidden meaning. It's pretty on the nose why Yikes. I got what I okay. got. Okay. I wanted to get a beer just because I think last week we did a wine, if I recall. It's been a long... Yes. Yeah, we did ink blot. That's right. right? Yes, because it was the expensive bottle of wine. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I really splurged on that one. And guess what I'm paying for it? <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good, though. Bills are due. Okay, well, we got another wine because just none of the names of the beers really, it, it didn't just strike a chord with me. So I, know, I wish we had a bigger beer selection here in town. I'm sure there is somewhere, but yeah, yep. it is unbeknownst to me. Well, the wines were really not any better. And then I saw this one and I was like, oh, I, <laughs> I got it anyway, just because. Is it because I'm going to lean away? Yes. Wow. All right, Megan. Wow. We are going to drink. (laughs) I got Apothic Crush Red Blend. (laughs) Sorry. I swear. Why? Why, Megan? Okay. It's the Velisca Axe Murderers, and um, people get hacked up 
and mm-hmm. bludgeoned and crushed. So. Yeah. so there you go, in good taste. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not hiding anything. There's no hidden meaning. You're not going to find out later. You will you know right away why I picked what I picked. I know. I hope this doesn't suck because I'll be honest, I've tried Apothic Red and it was terrible. So I've had Apothic Rosé. We had Apothic Rosé. Yeah, and it was and... better because I think I talked about Apothic Red Oh, was it bad? No, it kind of tastes like gasoline. But oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, well, Apothic. <laughs> let's let's give Crush a try. This is a California Red Blend, 2018. Okay. Can't wait. Oh, should I read the bottle? Yeah, sure. Why not? The first taste entices, stimulating the senses. The next taste ignites, arousing the passion. <laughs> a decadent red blend that combines red fruit flavors with notes of caramel and a velvety smooth mouthfeel. What? Oh, okay. I'm feeling caramel weird about the caramel. Red. Yeah. I don't say caramel, guys. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I hate you, you pretentious poop. I'm going to pop it now. All right, pop okay. it. Here we go. Twist it. Oh, oh it like it. it. I didn't pull it. It pushed me. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> goodness pushy. Sakes. Pushy child. All right, so now Push she's going to. a little pop. I know. So you're just going to pour and make nasty noises. Please but, just but, give but. me like a tasting. Because I'm dying and I don't know if I'm going to be able to drink this or not. Oh, I Everything. Drinks, food, it all. I tried soup. I was like, soup, broth, must be safe. No. I'm going light also because Apothic scared me last time. Apothic has done me dirty every single time. Are you giving it a sniff with your open mouth like a cat that smelled something bad? Yes. It's not a nice little spicy bu- it wine. It smells good. This is the problem is it smells good. I don't think rosé even smelled good, though. No, this one smells like a pretty basic red blend to me. Let's give it a sip. Hopefully you don't just absolutely kill yourself. I know. I'm going to try. I'm really nervous, actually. Very smooth. Hardly any spice. The spice is on the roof of my mouth. Okay, you're doing great. (laughs) It's not the taste. It's literally my throat. I look... I can't even describe my face. Now, I drank, sorry, I'm looking in the corner because I I'm I contemplating. I like either a ghost or a spider. No, I'm contemplating because I'm wondering if I'm getting a sweet flavor because I had coffee before this. Mm-hmm. Or... Which that coffee did have caramel in it. If there really is. Ah, maybe that's what's drawing the flavor out. Because I would say I do kind of get that But to sweet. be fair, I get it also and I did not have caramel in my coffee. Okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. I, I'm struggling, y'all. It's not really in the mouth, the caramel flavor. It's almost like on the the lips. Well, and it's the smoothness. It's like eating a caramel chew or something. Yeah. Like the feeling of a caramel chew. Okay. Apothic Crush. Would recommend. It's good. And, 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 and. I don't know why I said it a million times. It is only $8.99, roughly, depending on where you buy it. But where I bought it was $8.99. Definitely recommend that. Not $30, Inkblot. Sorry. I'm sorry I got bougie, okay? I said I'm paying for it. It's okay. It's fine. All right. So you want to cover the history on the Velisca Axe murder sin? Yeah. So what I'm going no, to do. Say no. I don't. <laughs> well, this is going to be a long episode. No, I am actually going to cover, because it is a real life murder that took place. It's half true crime really and then half haunted stuff mm-hmm. so i'm going to cover the true crime part of it and then kelsey's gonna follow behind with haunted stuff yeah yay yeah let's jump in this you know 
I just want one <laughs> one regular episode where my animals don't wreak havoc in the background. It's okay. It's fine. She's it's a fine. Kitten. Let her be a child. It's Miso. Miso, yes. Making Wonderful her appearance angel. once again. <laughs> She's been a nightmare lately. As anyway. I was saying, my notes are all coming from historic mysteries.com i was gonna read that <laughs> my streets and i don't oh my know why gosh. historic mysteries.com i feel like i've said this a million times the word that i had the longest time figuring out how to say and i don't think i figured out how to say properly until you know my early 20s was maniacal when i came oh. across it in reading i was like maniacal oh. <laughs> and just kept, and i was like i know it sounds stupid and it does not feel right but mechanical. i just don't know <laughs> mechanical pencil gosh darn it I don't know if I had, I know there are words I had like that. When oh, I come across them, I'll write oh, them God. down. <laughs> Books that make up words and places and things like that. You know darn well you just make like a noise in your head and you yeah, just Yeah, when I going. read in my head, I'm like, hmm, hmm, and then just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that is what they said. Yes. Okay. So I'll go ahead and read the first paragraph, what they start you out with, to, to set the stage, if you will. When eight innocent people lost their lives in a single night... The usually quiet, uneventful town of Villisca, Iowa, changed forever in June of 1912. The perpetrator... Perpetrator? Oh my god. Perpetrator? It's perpetrator. Oh my god. Remember we talk about words you read it and you're like... Yeah. (laughs) That happened in my head. The perpetrator viciously murdered the Moore family and their two house guests with an axe. Yikes. Suspects and confessions have come forward and even trials were held, but ultimately the person responsible for the barbaric crimes remains unknown. Yeah, that's the part that sucks the most, I mm-hmm. think. Now more than 100 years later, the Velisca axe murders remain one of the most mysterious cases in history. I would say so. I'd say it's yeah, pretty darn famous. It yeah, I mean up there with the Zodiac killer which I think they got solved, right? They identify. They believe they have mm-hmm. identified him successfully. And it's funny because I was just listening to an episode of another podcast where the episode, as that episode was airing, they had just cracked the code. So it was in late December of 2020. Mm-hmm. And they had just cracked the, the oh, letter. yeah. And they're like, hopefully now it's just going to be a snowball effect of like cracking more letters and figuring out who it is. And I'm like, guys, it took less than a year and we're here now. Pretty much, yeah. I remember that, too. It hasn't even been a year, I guess. No. Yeah, because it was in December that they figured out the letter. Good stuff. Paradice. Good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The eight victims, the entirety of the Moore family, and the friends of the Moore children were as follows. There was the father and husband, Josiah B. Moore, 43 years old. Wife, Sarah Moore, 39 years old. Herman Montgomery Moore, 11, Mary Catherine Moore, 10, Arthur Boyd Moore, 7, Paul Vernon Moore, who was 5, and then the two guests were Ina May Stillinger, and who was 8, and Lena Gertrude Stillinger, who was 12. Ina and Lena, that sucks. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah. yeah you're right. It is Ina and Lena. Well, that's, <laughs> oh, man, that's terrible, like... I don't know. It's just awful. Well, I would think as a parent, if you have children, 
this story would make you never want to let your kids stay anywhere just no. because on the the freak chance that this could happen. Yeah. I no. But I mean, I guess there are some crazy people who just go around killing with no rhyme or reason or it, tar- necessarily have a target in mind. I feel like we are led to believe growing up and in media and books and things like that, that that happens way more often than it actually does. There's almost always intent. Rarely is it just a random person. Or they know the person. Or- yeah, there's always some kind of connection. Rarely is it just someone who snapped and they're like, I'm going to take out this random family. Yeah. Well, let's find out. Okay. Let, let's find out what happened. The head of the household was Josiah Moore. He was a he was a successful businessman in Villisca. After he amassed reasonable wealth during the 30s, he married and had four children with his wife Sarah. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Getting established first. The Moore family was well liked throughout Villisca and gained a reputation for being generous and kind. Good, good for you. Not letting money right. go. Right. So head. of course the good people. All, only the good die young. There it is. That just took way too long to get out. <laughs> they were a church-going family who maintained strong contacts and good relationships with many in the community. However, mm, Josiah had a number of enemies in both his personal and professional life. Doesn't sound so kind to me. No, and I mean, I guess if you're a wealthy business owner, you're bound to make some enemies, but personal confuses me yep yep well, well everybody paints a pretty picture on the outside too so yep well let's take it back on the morning of june 9th 1912 their local presbyterian church was hosting a children's day sarah mom was working as one of the co-facilitators of the events and the entire moore family was attending of course the activities lasted through the afternoon and into the early evening and around 9 30 the children had finished their performances. Lord, so, it was lit. All day affair. <laughs> all day. Well, I just said that I'm not cool at all. I don't even think that's a relevant term anymore. Oh, don't tell us. We don't want to know. <laughs> I don't. I know we're 30 now. I don't need to hear that I'm irrelevant. Yep. The two neighbor children, Lena and Ina, asked their parents if they could stay over at the Moore's house that night. And the parents said, sure, why not? You know, we're just, it's a church event. Yeah. It's friends. Why wouldn't you let them stay there? The Moore family, along with the two girls, left the church and made their way, way back to the Moore's home. That is the last time anyone saw them alive. Ugh, that's always the worst. I hate when that sentence happens because you're like, oh, here it goes. Mm-hmm. So a day passes. It's June 10th now. And around 7.30 a.m., Well, it's not even a day. We're talking maybe 12 hours. Yeah. Around 7.30 a.m., the local neighbor, Mary Peckham, noticed the house was still quiet. Yeah, it's 7.30, Mary. (laughs) Well, if they lived on a farm, like, you know people have routines, especially if... Are they on a farm? I believe they were. Like, animals that need attended to. I don't know what they did exactly. Oh. I guess. They said he was a businessman, but I don't really have here occupations yeah i guess anyway. i don't know people back then were wild getting up pre seven thirty. hello well and i guess if the events were on a sun i if it was a sunday then if there it's monday morning whatever whatever at seven thirty, the family's usually up and 
moving around curtains drawn things like that and they noticed that curtains were still shut i suppose and especially with eight people in the house and no one was coming and going at this time she found it unusual good for so, her mary called josiah's brother ross who came to check on the house he arrived about 8 a.m so then lived too far away mm-hmm. he let himself in through the front door he inspected the downstairs bedroom and to his horror he found two blood-soaked sheets covering two corpses of Josiah and Sarah Moore. That just I don't even know how I don't I don't know how I would react to seeing that in real life. I get weird if I see roadkill up close, like that's true. That I don't know. True. Yep, so he finds his brother and sister-in-law uh dead covered with sheets. Ross called the local marshal and told him that something terrible had happened, obviously. <laughs> marshal Henry Horton arrived at the scene 30 minutes later and thoroughly searched the Moore house, where he found a dead body in every bed, along with a blood-covered axe still lying in the room where the Stillinger girls, the guests, were staying. Or where they were laying. The entire Moore family and their two friends had been brutally slain. Well, here's, it's going to get annoying. Word traveled quickly around the town, of course. Oh, God, I hate, I forgot about this. (laughs) And police officers and a local doctor scrutinized the crime scene and examined the bodies. Dr. F.S. Williams, the first medical officer on the scene, determined that the attacks took place sometime between midnight and 5 a.m. An axe struck each of the victims between 20 and 30 times. Times eight. My arms would get That's, tired. Like, I'm thinking genuinely my arms would get tired. Also, I guess you haven't explained, like, what... St- you said they were in every bed. There was a dead body in every bed of the house. After 20 to 30 whacks of, like, the first person, mm-hmm. you would think you would hear or wake up. Right. It, I mean, even if it was only 20 a person, that is still times eight people. I don't have the stamina. I'm no. sorry. No, I'm thinking someone big, someone strong. And did they hit did they hit them with the blunt end of the axe? Also, it wasn't even the sharp end. Well, glad you ask. The blade of the weapon struck Josiah while the blunt end crushed the rest of the victims. Megan uh, uh, Golly. Okay. Gross. I'm sorry. I knew I asked if that's why she picked this wine. But yeah, it's only the sharp end on the father and then Everyone 20 to 30 times end. with the blunt end mm-hmm. on Which seven people. means they weren't sliced. They were just bludgeoned. quite literally crushed. That's disgusting. Outrageous. So I'm thinking, I mean, they'll go on to say, but if, it, if they use the actual blade on Josiah and not on anyone else. It seems more personal. Yeah, it seems like it was really more directed toward him. This doesn't seem like a random killing. No. Obviously a crime of passion if you're whacking people 30 times. Eight people. No, (laughs) that's nuts. Anyway, this distinction possibly indicates that Josiah had been the target. See? Look at us. Seven of the eight victims died while they slept. Unfortunately, 12-year-old Lena one of the guests, may have still been awake when the killer hit her. 
That, uh, yep. Her body had defensive wounds on her arms, and she was laying lengthwise across her bed. There was no decapitation, no dismemberment, or sexual assault, and the cause of death was brute force trauma to each of the victim's skulls. I hate that, like, in situations like this, you're like, at least there wasn't sexual assault. Right. And even worse, and, and this, again, most of the... I guess the worst of it, if if there is a worst part of this, happened in Josiah and Sarah's room because they said they're in their room. You could see in the ceiling where there were gashes from the axe's upswing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go with the evidence. Yay. Strap in because you're about to get really confused and then really frustrated. Probably. In addition to the brute... uh, brutality on display there were bizarre discoveries on the crime scene two cigarette butts were discovered in the attic suggesting that the perpetrator had waited there while everyone in the house went to sleep even worse yeah that's terrifying he then made his way through the home using an oil lamp first targeting josiah and sarah and then moving on to the children Police discovered a plate of food and a bowl of bloody water on the kitchen table, which they assumed he used to wash his hands. He also searched through the drawers and found garments to cover various surfaces in the house, including mirrors and glass panels in the doors. Any reflective surface, I forgot. Didn't want to see himself. Yeah. I mean, didn't want other people seeing him. That's the curtains were drawn, things like that. But he covered up the mirrors, too. Mm -hmm. I'm saying he. We're assuming. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. However, most strangely of all was that the killer left a four-pound slab of bacon in the Stillinger girl's room. Yeah. Why? It's, the, I mean, obviously you want answers for the family, but it's weird little things like that that make me wish we did know what happened because it's very frustrating. And it's like, at what point were you like, let me grab this bacon? <laughs> What were you gonna do or were the girls like let me just grab a midnight <laughs> <laughs> they're like we are guests and we are too awkward to ask for a snack so i just eat four pounds of raw bacon <laughs> just grab the bacon <laughs> oh my gosh it just it doesn't make any sense no it doesn't the killer took the house keys as he left locking the door behind him which is he i don't know like why at that point wait yeah. you said he locked the door behind him how did the brother get in he went Did, through the front door. So the killer left through, through the back door. Okay, okay. And he locked the key, or he locked the, the door behind him. By the afternoon of June 11th, so this is the next day, a crowd had amassed outside the Moore residence. <laughs> I hate people, really. Dr. F.S. Williams told the audience, do not go in there. You will regret it until the last day of your life. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> what did they do? What did they do? Despite the doctor's warnings, curious residents of Villisca descended upon the Moore house and ventured inside. The crime scene became instantly contaminated, and given the lack of forensic advancements at the time, finding any concrete DNA evidence left by the perpetrator was almost impossible. Yeah, like, it it frustrates me that the cigarette butts today, that would have been it. Uh-huh. That would have been all they well, needed. It, would they not still have them? Could they not just run test on them now i i mean i don't know i feel like if they could they would have 
do it. Or were they lost? Were they conveniently lost because they knew there was nothing they could do with them and they didn't have the foresight to be like, maybe one day. Uh, I'm sure people touch that axe, which is disgusting. So there go fingerprints. Right. They're like, oh, these bloody And you know they ate that bacon. You laid in the bed and they're like, they were laying here. Like, get out of the bed. What are you doing? uh, I don't, I almost said something that ruined a movie. Go watch Mother. Oh, yeah. With Jennifer Lawrence. Go watch it. Yeah, don't spoil it. I want to. Okay. It's horrifying. Well, okay. Because of this, the police had little to no leads, obviously. They searched Villisca in the surrounding area and ended up interviewing some townsfolk, but the killer had at least a three-hour head start on them, and police believed that he would have already fled the town. Oh, yeah. Duh. Numerous suspects cropped up over the years, some of whom confessed to the Velisca murders. That sucks because I wonder if the psychology has always been there of people wanting to creep back to the scene of the crime. Like, people who commit crimes usually tend to insert themselves in in the situation. You'll sort catch of as them like at like a, the search parties. Yeah, and- sort of as a f you like you'll never figure like it's just sort of a slap adrenaline adrenaline rush for them like i am in the middle of this and you have no idea right so it makes me wonder did the person actually flee was it one of these people i don't know and i don't know i had a sick thought that a lot of the people bum rushed the house essentially and just destroyed any evidence if it was multiple people involved and they're like oh let's go inside and check it out and like that was definitely on purpose and they got everyone else to be like yeah let's go and they messed up the house on purpose it could be it could be potentially well here's a list of some suspects we've got first up is lynn george jacqueline kelly he is a traveling minister he arrived it's in- always the ministers <laughs> <laughs> he arrived in Velisca for the first time on the morning of june 10th and he, mm, okay. he attended the Sunday school directed by Sarah Moore. He then left Villisca at 5 a.m. the next morning on the train headed westbound out of town. Reportedly, he told some of the passengers that eight bodies were lying dead back in Villisca several hours before the news had broken. Okay, I mean, that's pretty on the nose. Yeah, right. He's leaving at the time frame they assumed that it happened in. He shows up that Sunday... And then he's gone the next morning. The thing is, you would say, because some people weirdly will try to confess to murders they didn't do because they want the fame of it. But like people corroborating that this guy was saying stuff hours before it even hit like public public knowledge. Right. Well, but there's no. But it feels like there's no motive. Well, I. They said, well, on top of that, he makes the comment that there are eight dead bodies lying back in Villisca. That's a really random thing to say. Yeah. Weirder still, he mentioned that they had been killed while they slept. That is weird. So, I mean, go ahead and tell me why he's not the person. Well, okay. Here we go. Uh, And this kind of lends a hand to the theory we were just talking about. Kelly returned to Villisca two weeks later. And after fooling officers into thinking he was a detective from out of town, he was able to latch on to a tour of the Moore house with a group of legitimate investigators. So tell me why he's not the suspect. Uh, Well, it wasn't until police became aware of his past that he became a suspect. 
In his teenage years, Kelly had struggled with severe mental illness and also had a history of sexual deviance. Now, they, no it's one was sexually assaulted. the ministers. <laughs> he regularly visited churches throughout Iowa and neighboring states and had developed a reputation of something of an eccentric. Okay. It wasn't until 1917, five years later, that a grand jury indicted Kelly for the murder of Lena. Only Lena. Okay. The one who struggled. In August of that year, Kelly confessed to the murder, saying that God had whispered, quote, suffer the children to come unto me in his ear. That, oh, God. Given Kelly's history of mental illness, his confession was dismissed, and the court later acquitted him and set him free. Because of mental ill. <laughs> it was 1917, you see. <laughs> I, it was the it was Does the he tens. not seem like... An absolute perfect fit. No, he does. I I mean, maybe this would be one of those situations where, yeah, just a random person who snapped. Yeah. Well, let's see. There's a couple more here that they think may had something to do with it. There's Henry Lee Moore. There was another man by the name of Henry. Though he had no relation to the Moore family, he was an alleged serial killer who, only months after the Velisca killings, murdered his mother and grandmother with an axe in a crime that... For striking resemblance to the Moore slayings. His motive, he said, was to obtain the deed to the Missouri family home. Okay. Okay. Around the time Henry became a suspect, other similar axe murderers were popping up around the country. An officer assigned to the Velisca case became convinced that Henry Moore was responsible for the Velisca killings and a string of similar attacks in Colorado, Kansas, and Illinois, but there was little ev evidence to tie him to the killings. Also, how would he travel that far that fast i don't know there was motive for the family and that's it right to kill his mom and grandma made sense he wanted the deed to the house knock them out what is the point of killing random people in random states unless he just got a taste for blood and was like yes yeah i don't know our next suspect is william mansfield two years after the killings police turned their attention to an illinois resident William murdered his wife, daughter, and parents-in-law in a way that was eerily similar to the Moore family murders. Later, investigators linked him to other axe murders that happened in Kansas and Colorado. Again, which is with the same places. Kansas, Colorado, and he's an Illinois man, and there was an axe murder in Illinois. Why are y'all... Was the axe just the weapon of choice? Well, I would think... I was just thinking that. Like, I'm sure guns were readily available, but I don't, like... I feel like axes were probably a pretty prominent weapon mm -hmm. then well this guy was even um a suspect in the notorious axeman case in new orleans yeah if you recall that case yeah if you guys don't <laughs> we may cover that one day oh but... my gosh there was a whole song written about it yeah that's true uh i, I can't even remember what it's called now mm -hmm. or if you've seen um american horror story they talk about him in coven yep which i'm watching that season right now all right. While the Velisca perpetrator had draped cloth over the mirrors and reflective door panels, the murderer in the Illinois case used sheets to conceal the windows so no one could see in. Okay. okay. It later came to light that William had been in Illinois around the time of the Velisca killings. Indeed, an eyewitness later claimed that they saw Mansfield boarding a train in Clarinda, Iowa, only 20 minutes outside of Velisca. Very close, but you yeah. had an alibi. Right. Our next one is Frank Jones. 
Frank, a Villisca businessman with political sway throughout the town, was another suspect. So now we've got another businessman. Yeah. Okay. Several years before the murders, Josiah had been an employee of Jones, but more left to start his own business, which did really well. In doing so, Moore took a big chunk of Jones' business with him. Moore and Jones despised each other, according to Villisca residents. However, it was considered a stretch that Jones could progress pro- progress he could progress to murdering his business rival there were also rumors around Velisca that Moore had engaged in extramarital activity with Jones's daughter-in-law oh what Ooh. scandal yeah. white collar men don't get their hands dirty let's be honest <laughs> they don't all right those are our suspects so now wrapping it up here's how the Velisca house looks today Over 100 years later, the Moore family household still sits on the quiet residential street in Villisca, Iowa. While every other house nearby boasts renovations and refurbishments, the Villisca house remains frozen in time. There's no electricity, the curtains are permanently drawn, and the doors and windows are boarded up. I don't like that. (laughs) Like, I don't know, something about the The windows are always drawn. Yeah, permanently drawn is unsettling. Outside, there is a very... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tasteful sign that says the Velisca Axe Murder House. Yay! Yay. The Velisca House is now an attraction, and it's a spectacle for the morbidly curious tourist. Slightly touched up to maintain its stability, it now exists as a museum. Its interior still boasts the same furniture and beds in which the Moore family and Stillinger girls were cruelly slain. I don't don't know about that. Is the bacon still there? (laughs) While many have tried to solve the case, the Velisca murder remains a mystery. I am uncomfortable with them having the furniture still in the house. I, especially with people that can, like, it's now an attraction and people go in there and investigate and check out the place. I don't, it's, is, is it like the bloody sheet still? I, I don't know. I understand that, smell horrid. that we go to haunted places where some tragic things have happened. And I don't know. Maybe it's because they aren't set up in that attraction type of way, museum type of way. I don't feel the same connection. But something about it feels wrong. I don't know. Like, at first I was like, oh, I would go visit that. And then I read this article. I'm like, I don't know if I want to. And I'm torn because I would love to, but then when you're like, it's an attraction now, I'm like, oh, that's how you ruin actual haunted places. Right. But of course I want to go. Yeah. I don't know. Well, speaking of haunted, Kelsey. (laughs) Yes. I've been trying to rest my voice this whole time, so let's see if I can. I know. I see you struggling. Let's see if we can get through. And now the air kicked on and I'm just like, ooh, chilly. If (laughs) y'all, do you have any idea what that's from? I did that really quickly and badly, but Hold on. I know. Ooh. Chili. Yeah. Yes. Dang it. Ah. It's a cartoon. It is. Is it like a a cartoon animal? No. Shoot. A cartoon child. Toddler. I'm at a loss. It's Rugrats where Chucky finds a a (gasps) deflated volleyball and puts it on his head and acts like it's an igloo because they're trying to (laughs) cross the basketball court. Oh, my God. Wow. I don't know why I remember that so vividly. I say the chili line all the time. That's what it's from. I forgot. Jeez Louise. Okay. All right. So I am going to cover the haunted history slash experiences with the Velisca axe murder house 
I'll tell you now, history, I don't know. It's hard to detach the history, the haunted history from the regular history because, like, let's be honest, eight people were brutally murdered in a house. Yeah. They're a little upset. I doubt they left. Right. And I mean, it's been turned into an attraction. There's enough of a enough of a feeling of like there are some unsettled spirits here that there's this- some energy, some type of energy in that. House. Oh yeah, like if you've seen any ghost hunting show, any like, or if you've been a if just a lot of people have gone. I found an article of like a local Iowa paranormal group that went and i didn't include it in this in my notes here but it was a group of yeah investigators and one of them was talking about how she was awoken in the middle of the night by whispers next to her ear and like got up and of course everyone's asleep and no thank you yeah that's a no for me dog they (laughs) slept there they stayed there all night oh i just don't understand okay so i was finding it hard to find haunted history that really detached itself from the regular history people died let's use our context clues here we know why why haunted places happen in the first place usually this is it so in searching paranormal investigations any kind of findings at the Velisca house i came across the same article from three different sources in a row and like then some this article was everywhere and i'm like you know what I'm just going to I'm just going to cover this one because it seems very prominent and I mean the title of it will tell you why. Oh, so this okay. comes from vice.com which we know how vice is so I'll be honest like they they are pretty they tell it like it is. Yeah. So it is what it is. So I'm going to read this article for you. The article title is The Time a Ghost Hunter Stabbed Himself at My Axe Murder Museum. I mean, it's a little hard to ignore, let's be honest. I mean, that happens every day. Regularly. <laughs> regularly. So let's dive in let's to the time a ghost hunter stabbed himself at my axe murder museum. When Do you know when this was written? Uh, this So the incident happened in 2014. Okay. I don't know if it was written in 2014. I think 20- that's what I want, was asking, sorry. It was written, oh, well, this was written in 2021, March of 2021. Oh, okay. So here we go. The Velisca Axe Murder House was one of America's most famous haunted houses. In 2014, its story got even weirder. On the night of November 7th, 2014, a ghost hunter and his elderly parents checked into the Velisca Axe Murder House. I know. I, I mean, to each their own. Johnny Hauser is the building's caretaker, and he was the one to check the guests in that night before he went home to bed. So they just sort of, like, leave you to your own devices. Which I like that, but this would be scary. I don't know. (laughs) But scary. He had no idea that only a few hours later, the couple's middle-aged son would be found in a pool of blood with a hunting knife protruding from his chest. What? Uh Again, this is why I couldn't really get away from this. Uh Apparently, he'd stabbed himself in the axe murder house for no clear reason at all. Uh Uh-uh. No, see, that's possession. (laughs) That's Uh what that is. Here, we're exploring the story from Johnny's perspective. That's the caretaker. This article is an excerpt from the third season of Vice's podcast, Extremes, just so you know that. And let's go on. When I came to the house, this is Johnny now, duh. When I came to the house originally, I didn't believe in ghosts. Honestly, I thought it was stupid. I remember texting my buddies and just saying, look at my job's website with the ghost photos. Like, you know, I got my job at the house no long after... 
not long after I'd moved to Villisca with my wife at the time. Every day I'd go for a walk and I'd see Darwin, the building's owner, out the front in his bib overalls working on the place. Of course, bib overalls, why wouldn't he? And I would just bombard him with questions. Okay, tell me the suspects. Okay, go over the crime scene with me. I, I mean, let's, like, that's good that he's educating himself on the building if he's going to be running it like this. Yeah. One day, Darwin looked at me and said, you're here every single day. I might as well pay you to do something while you're here. Do you want a job? So he was really just a, a so nosy though, person. Yeah, even though he's not into the whole haunted aspect, he obviously has some interest in the true, true crime. crime. Yeah, which I mean, like, who doesn't? Yeah. So I took right over the building, the building's maintenance, the groundskeeping, the website. Like, it just kind of fell into my lap, which I loved. The clientele of the Velisca Axe Murder House ranges from young women who are really, really, really into true crime to lots of senior citizens who come here for senior bus tours. I just don't... Okay. Well, here, we have a group of senior ladies that come down and try to figure out who the axe murderer was amongst themselves. Like, that sounds... Sluts. I would do that That's when... Right. I want to do that when I'm elderly, honestly. If those women had these... The podcasts we have today and the shows we have today, they'd be unstoppable. <laughs> And then we also get a lot of ghost hunters. I mean, 90% of our overnight clientele are paranormal investigators. That makes sense. That night that changed everything in 2014 started off like any no normal overnight. I was in the barn just waiting for the car to pull up. I saw the car stop and this gentleman walked towards the barn and I could see he had a hunting knife attached to his belt. What? Why? Why? Because you're going to stab the ghosts. Right. You're not cutting through, like, foliage. You're like, I'm sorry. This isn't part of the conversation. But, like, I'll tell you what. When I worked in retail and I would see people coming in strapped with guns and knives, I'm like, what are you going to do? Shoot me if I don't give you your change fast enough? Like, what right. is wrong with you? I can't honor that coupon. There's <laughs> literally no point. I worked in a pet store. <laughs> yes, I'm like, are you going to shoot somebody's dog? Like, get out of here with that. I yeah. also saw people with, like, dip cups in their back pocket. Like, Boo. red Solo cups, even. You know, honestly, I'd rather see you vape all day long than chew. Gross, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. To each their own, but, like, get over yourself. I don't know. <laughs> Any hoot. He was wearing camouflage pants, which is kind of normal attire around here, so I just shrugged and let him in. I hate it. It's a different... Look, it's Iowa. Have you been to Iowa? I have not. I haven't I either. Just, I mean, but we live in Terre Haute, and we get the wannabes, so... Yeah, I know. <laughs> all the hunting grounds here, it's wild, it's crazy. Oh, just the vast land of... <laughs> lands of Terre Haute or Indiana. I just... I can't. Anyway, he seemed very normal to me. No red flags, really, except for the camouflage pants and the belt. Whatever. My red flag was at first that he was there with his mom and dad, but then instantly I'm like, don't be a jerk, maybe that's their thing. He was probably, I'm guessing, in his 50s. They were quite elderly. They were quite elderly. Finally, he told me he was going to give the house a piece of his mind, so I said, okay, cool, have fun with that. <laughs> then I went home to bed. That wasn't your red say flag? That wasn't I'm going to give this house a piece of my mind. What does that mean? I, I just Let's don't... And how did the parents react? I just... That's I don't understand. Boy. <laughs> oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> the next morning, I woke up, picked up my phone, and was tagged in a million things on social media. I saw all these headlines, man stabs himself at Axe Murder House. I just couldn't believe it. Like, how? How is he you not notified? Up? I don't know. I, you'd think he would be the one to be notified. He's the caretaker, right? Yeah. 
I rushed over to the house where I made a couple of my friends meet me. I didn't want to be flying solo in a situation like that. So we walked in and right on the floor in the kitchen was a blanket wrapped up and there was a little teddy bear foot sticking out of it. (laughs) A lot of people bring teddy bears and dolls and stuff to leave as tokens for the kids. So that bit was normal. But this teddy was all covered in blood. And my first thought was, not again, not in this house. <gasps> yeah. Like, ew, I don't know why that. Yeah. <laughs> I went, see, I say, how did he not get notified? I'm sure something happened to the son and the parents contacted and more travels and blah, blah, blah. That is like a genuine fear, though. If you have something like a museum or an attraction of a place where a gruesome murder t- took place... People and then, who try to replicate. And then more murders took place on your watch. That's devastating. Right. Because, I mean, you have people who are curious about the crime and about the paranormal and things like that. But you got to think of that one-off person who really is just sick and wants to replicate. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So I, Johnny, went in the house with a bottle of bleach and a towel because I'd seen that on The Sopranos and dumped bleach all over the floor and mopped the towel around with my foot. I mean, you know, if it works, it works. At that point, the house's other owner, Martha, came in and she was crying. She was like, this is supposed to be fun. Should we just close? I told her we couldn't close. I told her that if we closed, people would say we had to close because the house was too haunted. You have to, like, pick and choose i no we can't close then it'll be too haunted it's a haunted house yeah i don't know i don't know how i feel about that pretty soon we'd have people breaking in so i told her let's just keep going i guess maybe that's true like it's so haunted we had to close down and then you'll have vandalism and break-ins i don't know (sighs) i don't know From there, we kept going. I later found out that the gentleman with the hunting knife had been in the house by himself, doing some sort of a solo investigation in the kid's bedroom. And that's where the mom and dad found the knife shoved through their son's chest. He'd been life-flighted to a hospital in Omaha, Nebraska, and he'd survived. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That was all I knew. I never heard anything more. I wanted to reach out to him, but I never did. And it was until a few late. It wasn't until a few laters. <laughs> okay, come on now. It wasn't until a few years later that I found out what had happened. A TV show about paranormal activity was filming at the house. I'm sure they're not saying it for like people sign contracts and NDAs, stuff. Yeah. That happened to me before. It's. I feel like I can say it now. I was doing an internship somewhere and I walked in. It, it was like any other normal day and there were people standing outside the door and they like asked for my ID. I was like, hello, I work here. And I handed them and they're like, you're not on the list. I was like, I work here. And so I was stuck outside and I called my boss. I was like, what do I do? So he had to come down and get me. And they're just like, you can't talk about this. Like it, you had to, I had to sign papers, blah, blah, blah. It was, this was years ago. Like I said, I think you can talk about it once it's out in the open. But the voice was, I was working at a recording studio and the voice was doing auditions there. Oh, okay. And it just, yeah, it messed me. I was like, I just need to get in there, please. (laughs) Anywho, so that's probably why they're not saying, I don't know. A TV about a paranormal uh, about paranormal activity TV show. Slow down now, Kelsey. Lord, <laughs> getting delirious over here. They were filming at the house. It was co- oh, he said it anyway. <laughs> if I would just keep reading, it was called Kindred Spirits. Never heard of it. Uh, nah, I haven't heard of it. And the producers had convinced the guy to to revisit the house. 
Yeah. So one day I just walked into the barn where they had all their equipment and I saw the guy just sitting there in a chair and out loud I was like, you. <laughs> I wish I maybe not like that, but I don't know how to exclaim anything. <laughs> yeah. Any hoot. Any hoot. Oh, man. I feel so old. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was shocked to see him. So I sat down and I said, I have a million questions for you. He said he'd try to answer as best he could. So I told him that my first question was why he brought a knife. And he told me he usually concealed carries handguns, but he didn't know the laws in Iowa. So he thought he'd just bring a knife instead. Again, what is the point? Are you going to shoot or stab a ghost? Right. Then I asked my biggest question. I asked, what happened? He told me he'd been alone in the bedroom, provoking, trying to get the ghosts to come at him. Then he said he woke up in the emergency room and didn't remember a thing. At that point, he started crying really hard. And you know a dude like this is not gonna cry. Right. Like, not show any kind of weakness, you know? He told me that it ruined his life. Everybody thought he was crazy or thought he was after money or to be on a TV show, and he just said that he wanted to finally tell his side of the story so people wouldn't think that he was insane. What really struck me was that when we all walked into the house together, he was right next to me, and the first thing he did when he walked into the house was apologize. He apologized for getting loud and yelling and screaming and doing the come at me bro stuff. I could hear the shakiness in his voice, and he was just saying... He was saying it looking up at the ceiling, and I was just thinking, this is so weird. This is so bizarre. Like, he's talking to the house. I mean, he went in saying, I'm going to give this house a piece of my mind or whatever. Uh-huh. So he apologized to it. Sorry, I had to make sure my cat doesn't stop the recording. This house is a prison. Right. I, I swear. like it wasn't going to say If you anything, sit your but... butt on the record button, I will burn <laughs> this house to the ground. <laughs> okay. I'm almost done, I swear. After the incident in 2014, I've never really spent the night at that house again. I'm just kind of done with staying the night at the Axe house. I'm never going to say a ghost stabbed him. Come on, let's get real. But maybe there is something in that house that preys on people that are mentally ill or not rooted in any kind of faith or protection. Maybe I shouldn't go. I don't know. (laughs) I want zero to do with any of that, he says. Mental health? What is that? I don't know her. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. Is there anything evil about the house? Well, I think that what happened in the house was evil. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But I think when you go to the house looking for good, you're going to get good. I think when you go there looking for bad, you're going to get bad. I think it just reflects back to you whatever you're wanting to get out of it. I think that tracks, for the most part. Yeah. Certainly certainly the murder in 1912 was evil and horrible, and I think that leaves an imprint on places. You go to Auschwitz or places where tragedies has happened, and the feeling is there. You know something bad happened. I think evil leaves a fingerprint. I think so, too. <laughs> In any case, I want to keep this house going. I'm afraid that if somebody else buys it, they'd make it into a circus sideshow joke. That's true. Like, I don't like that. In the wrong hands, yes. Yeah. We actually had a person that wanted to buy it and make it a murder museum and move in, move into Los Angeles. What is the point? Literally pick up the house and move it? I don't know. Probably just the stuff. And I was like, no, I don't want ever. I don't ever want anything like that to happen to it. I really hope I'm the one that keeps it going. And I hope that my kids someday are running it and keeping it going, too. So kind of wild. Yeah, that's. uh, The other thing beyond that is that's the most intense one that I came across. A lot of people are like. They hear voices. They think they see things moving. But, real like, that's the most intense. Other than that, you get your basic haunted house stuff. 
like the curtains moving the doors shutting the voices which is not to you know be poo-pooed but i mean they didn't stab themselves this guy was obviously provoking we don't know how badly or what he was saying exactly like What if he was using the knife as like a trigger too? I know it's not an axe, but it is a blade. And I mean, that was probably a bad move. Yeah, yeah. If he was doing something really awful, like I'm gonna kill you and swinging the knife around, that probably really ticked off uh, whoever spirit is hanging out. Yeah, give it a piece of my mind. Like, I that's that is some mental health issues. I don't understand what that was. He was just being a you know like being a, a guy puff up that chest and trying to be a bro i'm like i'm not scared of nothing it's like, well okay. you effed up so i'm not r- usually into provoking sometimes i will say i very mild, mild things yeah. yes they're not terrible like wishing death again upon you know things like that no i don't do that but i'm like come out you loser like, yeah <laughs> <things> <laughs> like that nothing bad Uh, so i guess depending on how intense he was with the provoking it could have potentially i mean he said he apologized for yelling and screaming and provoking so it was probably a lot especially considering his parents weren't there well and he's suffered after the fact to the point that he broke down in tears because of what happened yeah so kind of wild crazy stuff It would still be, like I said, an interesting place to visit one day, but I am very torn. Yeah. um, Well, if you can still stay there, I would consider, you know, like uh, investigating. I mean, like I said, that was written back in March of 2021. So my understanding is probably. Yeah. I'd, I'd want to investigate, but something about making it a tourist attraction where it's just this constant revolving door of people ooing and aahing at bloody beds is like right i think that kind of dampens puts a damper on the spirits that are actually there yeah like they feel like they're a sideshow yeah so yeah Hmm. that's the velisca axe murders crazy stuff sad stuff i don't know how they let the reverend go i have no idea i i mean it sucks because like there were no family members to have solace (laughs) But, yeah. I mean, maybe, like, brothers, sisters, nieces, whatever. But let's be honest. Well, if it was him, that is probably the scariest scenario because he's just a rando dude that showed up that day and probably saw Sarah preaching or at least helping at the church and was like, that's the one. Yeah. And followed him home. And No, nah, forget that. <sighs> Ugh. Jesus Christ. Well, I made it. My throat hurts, but I made it. I know. <laughs> you see my pained face every time I swallow. We're here. Oh, the gang's all here. I, I know that one. Okay, yeah. I do know that one. <laughs> well, I saw a thing today that was like, mentally, I'm here. And it's the episode where Squidward is in like an imaginary world that keeps disappearing around him. Like everything echoes and he's just in like a white room with squares that keep falling away. Uh, yeah, I was like, I mentally, re- <laughs> I am there. Like, how did you know? Yikes. That's a skit. SpongeBob was weird. I'll be honest. It was a weird show. Well, look what it turned us into, I guess. Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks, SpongeBob. Thanks. And all of our other childhood shows. Hey, or wait, Rugrats. I love Hey Arnold. I was just saying Hey Arnold. Just the because. Hey Arnold episode, Grandpa on the back of the bus and Arnold's dream. Ooh, shut. Why Ooh, are you like, like this? Dead or whatever. What in the... 
I don't know. I think of the the very first episode. I no, not the very first episode. That's when they're dressed as fruits in the play. Yeah. I think it's the second episode where they take the sea turtle back to the sea, and Grandma's like, yeah. and he's like, Grandma, these darn sleeves are too long. We say that all the time. Yeah, I do. I do that. Too. I love man. I don't know how much of our dialogue is actually like Us. our dialogue Genuine. anymore, which kind of terrifies me. How did we forget Courage the Cowardly Dog? That was literally nothing but nightmares. It, Return the slab. Worst episode. Oh I my hate. God. What's your offer? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I know, right? He's in it for the money. He knows what he's here for. Can't scare me. What's your offer? <laughs> Do you? Oh my god, oh yeah, he just throws a plague You can't out. see. <laughs> you can't see Megan, but just imagine the plague dude like, yeah, I'm like throwing his hip out. Moving with the wind, <laughs> causing a new plague. It's weird. Kid shows were weird. What a time to be alive. You guys have no idea. <laughs> okay, phew. Well, we should wrap it up. I'm tired and sickly. I know. We'll just keep talking about the children's show that wrecked us. I would make a tangent episode about that 100%. I would too. (laughs) Therefore, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Well, if you guys like this episode, first, you can find us on our social media Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Or So They Say Pod, where you can see all the funny stuff we post and. If we find things that pertain to our episode, we'll try to link that and show you guys pictures and videos and spooky things and post it there where you can see it. Or you can check out our website or so they say pod.com where we've got links to the social media as well as our Patreon and PayPal. So our Patreon is a monthly subscription, which we've got everything from a dollar all the way up to $10. And you can go above and beyond or do your own thing if it really just... Whatever your heart desires. It, the spirit moves you to do so. You can donate whatever you'd like. But any tier at this point will get you access to all of our bonus content. We've got pictures, EVPs. If we get video footage, mm-hmm. we post that. All of that can be found on our Patreon at any level. The PayPal, unfortunately, doesn't get you that bonus content, but it does help the podcast tremendously, and that is a one-time donation that you can check out. We also have our merch at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod, where we've got all sorts of cool stuff that you can check out and wear and sport and support us and your favorite twins. Yes. And if... You have some of your own spooky stories. If you have visited the Velisca Axe Murder House or live in a haunted house or have befriended a ghost child or... Or have opinion on Squid Games because that was part of our last episode, right? That was, yeah. I still have not seen it. (sighs) Whoops-a-daisy. I'll get there. I still haven't even watched Inside. Haven't watched what? Oh, my God. I know. Bo Burnham, you guys, if you haven't watched Inside, I I don't know if I could watch it again. That's almost a one and done because of what it did to me mentally. Well, we'll, we'll see about it. 
Anyway, if you've got your own spooky stories that you want to share, you could send them our way to our email, which is orso they say pod at gmail.com. And the first Thursday of the month, we will try to share any of our listener stories that you guys send us, anything that you feel it should be shared with the rest of our spooky loving listeners, send them our way or true crime. We obviously love true crime too. Oh, I could get way deep into true crime. <laughs> we could just flip the switch right now and go true crime all day, but let's not. Let's not do that. <laughs> We've already changed up so many things on you guys in the last couple of weeks, and we appreciate you so much for sticking around and just rolling with the punches. Thank you. So I think that wraps up Velisca. Yes. And we'll see you next week for a new spooky location. Yeah. I'm All right. I'm gonna go sleep this off now. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Cody Mason. Visit us at our website, or so they say pod.com, where you can donate to our Patreon or PayPal. Check out our merch at redbubble.com and find links to all of our social media. Episodes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. If you like what you hear, don't forget to leave us a glowing review. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. <laughs>